0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the second weekly free show from us here in Heart and Hand Towers, and joining me to discuss another big week we seem to be just... Every week is a big week at the moment for Rangers, and long may that continue, is my good friend, Mr Alex Staff. Hello, Alex.
1: Hi there, David. How you doing?
0: One foot in the Europa League group stages, my friend, and I will be honest and say that to me, this was... Uh, Yes, I will dust it down, let's hit the cliché alert pretty early Beyond my wildest dreams And I'm not exaggerating I did not think for one minute at the start of this season That we would be sitting here on this date with Rangers having one foot in the Europa League
1: No, neither did I um, you only, I think we said stuff you know, on the, on the Patreon site There was a, a preview show, if you remember, season preview show uh, I think we touched on it there, how, you know, third round would have been great or, or such like, or making the playoff round would be really good. Not many people were uh, holding out much hope for the groups, and, and yet here we are. Uh, See so if you actually just take a second to step back and consider the turnaround from the end of last season to the start of this, it's, it's, uh, that in itself is, is unreal, never mind, you know, the achievements that are coming with it. Um, if this had just been 10 league games That we would had You know I, I seen this sort of turn around And it would have been amazing Never mind um, You know what it's, what it's potentially going to give us in Europe mm. If I can just stat you up For a minute And uh, as always folks
0: If uh, these stats are in any way erroneous Then you know Please feel free to tell me On the old social medias I'm sure you will But uh, First one Alex Is that Of the uh, 700-plus sides who have entered the Europa League uh, in the first qualifying round since 2009, as I say, well over 700, a grand total of eight have made it. Five clubs, but eight teams or eight occasions that a team has made it all the way from the first round into the Europa League proper. Now, there have been certain changes, such as um, teams who drop out of the Champions League going in a bit later, um seeded teams if you not one out you then get their seeding effectively and because the draw's been made a couple of weeks in advance that is true and it, it therefore is uh, potentially easier but that's hardly the fault of any of our teams now there are eight teams this year who could do it but only two won last night one of which being us and eight sides out of over 700 this I was going to say this is real this is not real this is rocking horse shit this does not happen that often this is something truly special if Rangers do it we still have of course uh, 90 minutes to negotiate but we're in the verge of something really really big maybe bigger than I think that we are allowing
1: It's bigger than we're allowing because of the nature of it we haven't really struggled if you, if you get my meaning mm-hmm. um, Osieke o- o- and Maribor are very good, very good. Maybe a bit much. Good teams. Um, they, they are not. They weren't easy ties, They're not the sort of games that you know. In our situation, we we should have just been expecting to win. We had to work hard to do so. Um, so, so we have played it down because we've done so well. It's not. It's not felt like anyone's really scared us or challenged us so far. Um, and I think that's maybe why we're playing it down, but it is, as you say, just your statistics alone will tell you how difficult it is. It's not set up for teams that enter and qualify in qualifying round one to make it to the group stages. No, it's just not. It's, it's uh, we are supposed to, and uh, you know, obviously, it's the situation in Scotland over the past seven years is, is kind of drove it to us. But we're not supposed to get this far, really. No, um, you know, that, that's how UEFA set this up. So. Um, so yeah, but as you say, we're on the verge of doing that You mentioned eight teams, David I actually think technically seven Because I'm pretty sure two of them are playing each other Ah, right, well there you go Well, so one's um, guaranteed through
0: then, I suppose
1: <laughs> There'll definitely yeah. be one more that's getting through um, Definitely one more, yeah uh, But yeah, obviously, if somehow I think I don't think results went for most of them last night, as you mentioned So, um, so yeah, um, you've got at least one I think we were the only other ones to win um, our game and the rest, it's looking like a bit of a struggle. It just shows you how difficult it is. And, and add to that the fact that our league's already started as well, the schedule's just nuts.
0: Yes, it is And that's that, That's the thing The games have been coming so thick and fast And uh, obviously there's the concern That it'll have an effect At the you know latter part of the season But I, that's a problem I want That's a problem I, I want to, to be looking forward to And another one that should be mentioned Is that uh, in 10 competitive matches Under Steven Gerrard Rangers of course now rather famously Have been behind for a grand total of no minutes But in 900 competitive minutes Under Steven Gerrard plus probably about another 45 minutes, say, of of injury time, etc. Rangers have conceded less goals than we did at Easter Road in 90 minutes in May. So <laughs> that shows you where the transformation has occurred.
1: It definitely does, yeah. Um, for, for an article earlier today, I was just doing a little bit of comparison. just to, It was almost a curiosity, just to kind of uh, put it in. And in the last 10 competitive matches... Of last season, we conceded 22 goals. Now, on average, you would say that the the quality of the opposition was slightly higher at best, possibly just comparable, actually. Uh, But we, uh, the the difference there is absolutely clear. That's huge. Um, uh, Four goals conceded in 10 matches. You take that at any time in the season. Never mind when you've just put a relatively young and an experienced squad together and ask them to play that amount of matches in such a short space of time, that's it's brilliant, it's really, really brilliant um, and I was, that's why we should be encouraged, this isn't something that we're you know, jumping the gun or letting ourselves get carried away, these are genuinely impressive statistics and that's why we're, we have every right to be quite encouraged by what we've seen so far.
0: Last night, Rangers took on Ufa, uh, the Russian side, who had uh, knocked out our old foe's Progress in the last round. And I think Ufa had had made very little secret of the fact that they were coming to Ibrox to defend in depth, which they did. They started with a 4-5-1, which really very quickly and very often became a 4-6-0. And their attacking ambition was limited, I thought, to to possibly trying to nick something on the counter. And even at that, they didn't appear that enthusiastic. Um, which we'll come to when we get to the last ten minutes of the match. But um, Rangers obviously had the majority of the play, but in the first half, I don't think we quite hit the standards that we have been recently. Um, the manager certainly felt that way he felt at half time that uh, we we hadn't really got ourselves going in the way that we would like uh, as an attacking sense one great chance for Alfredo Morelos after a a wonderful inch perfect pass i mean a real fifa pass from Conor Golds- uh, Goldson which Alfie um kind of nodded tamely at the goalkeeper but to be fair to Alfie I think he'd, he'd, he had in fact just been clattered just before that and I think he was still sort of uh, getting over that but uh, just before half time roles were reversed uh, Corner swung in by Ryan Kent up went Alfie keeper palmed his header away it fell right to the feet of Connor Goldson who stabbed at home one nil up at half-time, and we did improve second half, I thought. I thought Rangers were much better second half, but again, maybe in the last third, just didn't quite have the quality or, or find something that would fall to us on the night. But again, apart from one minute after we scored where Alan McGregor's made a great save and then the uh, the the shot just over from the rebound, uh, they didn't threaten us at all. We always looked like getting minimum 1-0, and... Once you've scored, for me, last night, I would have loved a second, but the a second goal would have been nice, a clean sheet was essential, was my take on it, and had you said to me at half-time, you won't score again, but you'll but you'll keep a clean sheet, I'd probably have taken that.
1: Yeah, definitely, you'd rather go away 1-0 than 2-1, yeah, because advantages are ours now in terms of the away goals, uh, and even if they somehow sneak, I'm being slightly disrespectful here but even if they somehow sneak a win will win against us and take it to extra time we've still got that advantage in our favour. So so yeah, it, it was most important not to concede last night. We got the goal. We'll force them to come out. It's their first defeat in their European games. So they'll have to do something different from what they've been doing up until now. Um, it's pretty clear that they like to have as many bodies as possible behind the ball and, and see what happens. Um, that's, that's their style of play That seems to be What is it And last night for me Was about A little bit of luck We never quite got The ball wouldn't fall At certain times There was a couple of scrambled You know We tried a through ball And it almost came off And things like that And then If you consider The biggest bit Where luck went against us Were the penalty decisions Um, One of which The one in Candace To me Was an absolute stonewaller um, And the one in Middleton We got a little bit unlucky With the way the decision went as well So not a guaranteed goal a penalty But the way anyway, has been scoring them a pretty high chance that he's going it if we'd come away from that 2-0 with the exact same performance and just got one of those penalty decisions people would have felt a lot better about it I feel as though the reactions have been swayed by the fact that it was only the, the one goal
0: and again that's the expectation the manager said himself actually that he was a little disappointed with his players but maybe it's just you know they've spoiled him. That was a phrase he used in terms of his expectations because of the performances he's been putting in. Because this is a good result. That this is a good result, and and make no bones about it, it's the fourth round. Okay, an unheralded side, but they got there. You know that that something has has worked for them to get to this stage. So, I was I, I was I was pleased with the result, as you say. Now in the ground at the time, we do a post match show I mean, immediately after. And I do mean the second that I'm I'm back at my um my little studio after the match from Ibrox um, and I said that the conveys one I didn't think was a penalty watched the game back this morning you're absolutely correct it was an absolute stonewaller and the other one was, was a fairly harsh decision as well Kyle Lafferty gets pulled up for the handball because I think the referee didn't really make that clear from where I was sitting I was in the govern stand and he didn't really make that clear so my thing at the time was well if it's not a penalty it's got to be a booking because he's dived or you think he's dived but he he had awarded a free kick for a handball by Kil Lafferty, which I felt was very harsh indeed. So I I do think we've got the right to be slightly miffed, but it was in keeping with a performance from the referee that I thought was quite weak because uh while not you know, we're not talking Motherwell levels of thuggery or anything, they weren't you know going over the top constantly or you know catching our players late, but they were very much tactically, I think part of their, their approach was niggly fills. Break up the game constantly. Do not allow this team to get any momentum. Do not allow them to get the fans um, you at know, the, the edge of the seats kind of thing. Don't let them build up ahead of steam. And to do that, one of the tactics they employed was that they will continually, you know, little pullbacks, little nicks, just, you know, slightly late. Not enough that if you look at each individual case on its own that you would go, oh, that's a stonewall yellow card. But just through sheer accumulation and game management. And we spoke to Kami to uh, one of our podders who regular listeners will know is a, a qualified referee, and he said it comes down to game management, whereas a referee, you know, you're not stupid. You, know, you shouldn't be. You should see, oh, they're trying this. And he said, what you do is you issue one booking, maybe you're a slightly harsh one in the, uh, for the individual fill, but in the context of the match, or a guy who's made his second fill, you take a side and say, right, and you say to the captain, I know what you're doing and you're not going to get away with it. But because they were, and quite rightly it was their tactic, they were going to push that as far as they could before the ref stepped in. The fact that he didn't meant that they just kept doing it and it did make it a very bitty game, I thought.
1: Yeah, it did. It broke the game up and that was where I think that this is maybe where we we underappreciated our performance last night because the team kept their patience. They didn't get too frustrated. They were a little bit annoyed that things weren't falling for them. They were certainly annoyed that cards weren't being produced by the referee. Um, quite how he's managed to allow. Now I, I'm pretty sure the left sided of their kind of back three centre halves must have had at least five or six fouls against Marellis in the first half. He must have had a number. Yeah, never saw a booking. Kell Lafferty was on the pitch what three minutes. Hmm. And got booked, and the referee quite clearly put his fingers up to say that's been two. Here's your yellow card, mm. um, and that just added to the frustration because you were like, well, if, if accumulation of fouls is a thing, then where the hell have you been? Yes, whole <laughs> game um, because it was as if he had you know for the first half some sort of bet on for zero yellow <laughs> it cards was. or something.
0: It was exactly what it was like because there were two or three where you're just like a stone wall yellow cards, and it's just. Right, come on, mate. I get you You maybe don't want to be one of these refs flashing the cards or whatever, and I, I always, I don't agree with, but I always understand referees that seem to have this rule in their head that not in the first 20 minutes. But when it was, you know, foul, 30 seconds of play, foul, 30 seconds of play, foul, yeah. then you think, come on, you. this is part of your job. You. You. This isn't a big European match. You're supposed to be an elite ref. Do your frigging job. And it was the old, have you forgot your cards? Um, yeah, uh, feeling going around the stand because, as you say, then Kyle Lavery comes on. Um, I thought harsh booking, I really did. And as you say, the ref seemed to indicate for persistent fouling, which was two. Um, and yet there were defenders on the field that had a crime count of about six or seven fouls, and yeah, I it, it didn't help us. And then obviously the penalty decisions are big decisions, but uh, I thought Rangers. we didn't look in trouble at any point bar as I say one bizarre minute when clearly the the adrenaline was pumping throughout the stand and one thing I thought towards the end of the match Alex and obviously I was grateful but there was a moment one of the most glorious examples of time wasting that was so flagrant actually it did bring a booking from our uh, rather lenient referee which was uh, the UFA midfielder was lying prone in the box uh, just in front of Alan McGregor after a an attack had broken down And uh, he, he looked in real serious bother Alan McGregor didn't think so The ref went up to check And when the ref went up And I assume thought No you're faking it Told him to get up the boy sprang to his feet like a like a fucking Olympic runner coming off <laughs> coming off from the starting gun, and it was so flagrant. The ref just went, "No, you're trying to take the piss. and booked him for sheer hootspur. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, a strange tactic from them that I thought you you really need an away goal, and yeah. you don't seem to realise this. Because they're clearly thinking, oh, 1-0, we'll do it. And look, fair play. If they turn it around, then I'm the idiot and, and they got their tactic right. But I didn't see anything from this lot that says you can't score over there and they will definitely score against you. So if I'd been off I'd have been going, right, lads. Also, the tension in the stadium, they should have read that a bit better. And yeah. thought, if we can put some pressure on in the last five minutes, you never know. And they didn't do it. And as I say, when I saw them time waste in the last few minutes, I was... Just think, it's your time, you're wasting lads
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean frustration for us because we wanted that second goal But as you say, we've come away from that And, and now we've got the, the away goal, the only team that can score an away goal advantage now So uh, I've got a bit of a theory on that one actually David that I reckon that guy was as good as dead and it was a touch of shagger that's woke him up A um, Jesus style uh, resurrection Yeah, yeah, just that gentle caress <laughs> that gets everyone going, you know <laughs> I think it was probably something along those lines. In all seriousness, it was, you know, as you say, it was, it was kind of comical. Um, <laughs> just, that was, that was a game play. They were time-wasting from about five minutes in. It was a shot that went wide, and their goalkeeper took so long to take a goal kick, and I just thought, this is going to be one of those nights. Um, going into the game, you know, people were quite confident, and rightly so. Uh, I was a bit more, well, I think this will be a bit tighter, and we'll win it 2-0, Um but, you know, you could tell, you know, it was like it was like a league game. Um, you know, so many league games that we've seen at Ibrox over the years where it's, you know, every man behind the ball maybe trying and nick something with a set piece or a counter-attack, as you say, um, and just, you know, goalkeeper taking goal kicks from the other side and trying and wind up the crowd. When you consider how young our squad is, as I, as I said earlier, it was really quite, quite good to see that they were mature enough to just keep going um, and not get annoyed by it.
0: No, they did. They did really well. And as you say, for, for a young side that don't have a lot of European experience, uh, I thought that they, they handled that tremendously well. Now, we mentioned uh, the Ulster Gazelle, um, the boy from the back skull is back, uh, much to the excitement of the aforementioned Cammy, um, came on at the end. And, you know, it didn't do an awful lot. Um, but what impressed me about Kyle Lafferty was he just looks a better player and... I'll base this, in, or sorry, I'll preface this by saying this is entirely on feel uh, rather than evidence based at the moment. But there were things he was doing where he just instantly went back into midfield when they needed protection, where he instantly backed up, op- uh, sorry, his teammates that he didn't do in his first spell. Where you know we all know, Kyle had some great skills, but was quite capable of wandering about on the left wing waiting for the ball to come to him, whereas. I thought, no, you're a more complete player. You're a more rounded player. Still, at one point, got the ball, and you could tell he was shooting, um, yeah. and that, that, yeah, that that's fair enough. But I did think uh, I can. You can see what you'll bring to the team is probably what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, you can. Um, it was interesting last night. He came on, um, but as you say, largely played wide right to an extent. Although he was given a bit more freedom to to get into the box and maybe Candice was earlier before him. Uh, and he done, you know, he worked quite hard, done a good job. You can see yeah, it's been a big twenty-four hours. It's not; it was a bit much for us all to expect, you know, huge things from him, because it's been a busy, busy couple of days. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think he'll bring quite a bit. He's essentially a replacement for Windass, isn't he? Um, yes. And at a stage in his career. Is more rounded player than Windass and he's as capable of scoring goals, and potentially more capable of scoring big goals. Uh, certainly, in recent uh, seasons suggest that. So, uh, good signing in that respect, absolutely. Um, and will add loads to the squad. And comes in, you know, it as it was relatively cheap as well, and it was undisclosed fee, but it doesn't sound as though it was a lot. So, um, uh, I think everybody can be happy with that signing.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I agree, and uh, it was was good to see him back, and Rangers kicked a clean sheet, as I say, got through a game, couple of guys I want to pick out, um, because I, I, there has been, uh, shall we say online, uh, a little bit of debate about the, the relative merits of two players in particular, who I thought had good games, who the manager picked out, so in mean, good games as well, and if Stevie G says it, um, you know me, I'm nothing if not a slavish devotee of the Scouse genius, but um, I thought Ovi Jaria was the man of the match. I thought he was the best player on the park last night. Um, partly because I think, and I'll be interested to hear what the more kind of tactically minded people think of it. But I thought that Scott Arfield had one of his quieter matches bar some lovely flicks in and around the box because he was double marked constantly. And my... View from the stand And watching back this morning reinforced it Was that Ufa's tactic They identified Arfield as the most dangerous midfielder And they were more happy To let Ajaria have the ball But I thought Ajaria then used the extra space Really well And had his most complete match For us
1: Yeah, he did Uh, He moved the ball quickly Or as quickly as he could Each time Um, Every pass was at least looking forward Um, If if something wasn't on, he was happy to keep it by sideways or backwards, but he was always looking to to get forward on it. There were a couple of times where, much like some other players I'm sure you're about to come on to uh, uh, with the second one, he would take people on, he'd beat them, but just the sheer weight of numbers in front of him was eventually kind of crowding him out. There was one chance in the second half where if he could have just got that shot away, it would have been uh, interesting because he'd beaten about three players to get in a great position. Uh, I thought he was good last night. I've kind of liked him. I, I think he's got a style that some people just don't take to. But on the flip side of that, there's others who take to it a bit too much, if you get my meaning. So you know, some guys just look at some. some people see oh, he's really composed in the ball, whereas others will see he's slowing the play down too much or um, you know some will see oh he attempted that forward pass didn't come off but at least he's trying something the other person says he's given, he's gave the ball away again mm. he's just one of those guys that's going to split people you just see how you see the game makes a big difference to it um, this is where when you're having these debates it's, it's difficult <laughs> you're not going to really change your mind of one or the other usually um, and it's why you know things like statistics and stuff are starting to come in to these debates because it helps clear a lot up but yeah um, Gerard was effusive in his praise last night he hasn't been so far and even in his praise he was saying you know we've seen little flashes he's maybe had a good half here or there so he's not it's, we can't just put this down to oh it's a Liverpool kid and he's just you know being a bit biased talking up the Liverpool kid I don't think it's that at all I think he was genuine and it has been always genuine in what he said so um so you can, I think we can rule that. out Jarry and his mind had a really good game last night. That's it's really that simple. Um,
0: and if he says it, then there might argue. Yeah, that's uh, my take at the moment. Until I get reason not to, I always trust the managers. Um, as I say, up until they prove that I have been too too kind <laughs> in that. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. I think about Jari. He, he actually. No, I'm not comparing the level of ability. Right, um, I'm just talking about as a as a very easy and quick comparison. He reminds me of the way that Paul Pogba uh, polarises opinion because of that sort of, uh, if you like, languid gait. And as you say that, the fact that they constantly try stuff when something doesn't come off, they can look like they don't care. And look, there are times when I'll watch Paul Pogba, and I'm a huge Paul Pogba fan, but there are times I'll watch him and I think the Gary Neville criticism of you play like you're 3-0 up is valid and he can give off that air of I'm not really bothered if we win or lose this um it doesn't it doesn't bother me now I don't think Ajaria does that but I think he does have that same sort of as I say he he doesn't look like a you know your wee guy with a low center of gravity that belts about 100 miles an hour constantly that you can see the the physical application of what he's doing might not actually do anything but there's an awful lot of uh effort yeah, <laughs> to, to, yeah. to cover that whereas I think Ajaria, because he has that, that sort of calmer more composed guy at times can look like he's not doing anything but again I also think it's 10 games you know it's 10 games and really let's not kid ourselves it's 10 games into this boy's career at a decent level yeah. so you'll need a settling in period and it's about what's he going to do for us for the season and is he growing into the role I would say yeah
1: yeah, I think that your 10 games point there is a really good point because um, he made I've some appearances on the bench for Liverpool, uh, I think he maybe started a League Cup match or something, I can't quite remember. Last season he's made 11 appearances for Sunderland and we all know what they were like last season. This is this boy's first real experience of seriously competitive, you know, starting matches at this level. Being, being asked to be rather than just a young player, get, get being given a chance, he's been asked to be one of the main men in the team, and he's played ten. He made ten appearances in the space of what five six weeks. This is he, he's not he's not came close to this before yet at the age of twenty. No way. Um, so I think that really should be borne in mind. And he, to to do as well as he done last night on the back of this sort of run. Yeah, that's you know, that's impressive. That's that suggests the boy's gonna have a good career. It's funny you mentioned Pogba because before he was signed, Ajari, you know, when you were reading about Ajaria you did see people comparing him to him in terms of style. Um so I think you're spot on there. I think he's just that look about him if he was you know, if he was that talented, then we'd be on to a winner, but um you know, he's got that just that look. But it doesn't mean He's snapping any tackles Last night and, You know Winning slide tackles Or that sort of stuff I, I certainly think The boy puts a shift in Every time It's just that some people Will never take To that style of player
0: Him and Ryan Kent Both actually last night I, And I've been impressed Actually in all their games Because A sort of willowy Looking player like um, uh, Like Big Govey, I think Can sometimes look Quite lazy And then he does make tackles did doesn't always do them properly but he does make them and he does always get involved in the pressing and there were, there were a couple of times last night where when a long ball was being put through I looked in the box Goldson and Cattage would go and deal with it and the other guy there just in case was Ovi Ajaria. Yeah. and Kent as well who is uh, you're right the other player I, I was referring to I thought had a decent match last night but I, I noticed an awful lot of uh, shit being thrown on, um, online but um, they work their nuts off, and I I I was saying that last night to uh, to to my friend at the game. I was saying, oh, you know, they they both really work, and you don't always expect that from youngsters coming for the EPL. And then I thought You've been Klopp, of course, you should.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been brought through a good system there, and I, I don't think Liverpool would have kept them to this stage if they were, you know, naturally lazy players. Work rate was probably a minimum that they'd have been looking for, especially when Klopp came in and then started to assess things. Uh, there's also Kent for me last night. It was a bit he was beating players for fun at times, but the problem was there was so many behind the ball all the time that it was really, really difficult for him to, to get anywhere. Even you couldn't even hit that team in a break last night because they barely put enough bodies forward for you to do that. Mm. Um, and it, you know, if there was a bit more space to play in and the sort of form Kent was in last night, I think he'd had a really good game. As it was, he had a good game. Um, it was interesting to note Gerard saying about his tactical ability um, because that's something that does go amiss. Uh, just go, goes, goes slightly under the radar, but the amount of times he seems to read a loose pass or you know just be in the right position to force a player to go back away, or such like um, it's very very useful for a, a wide player like that. So yeah, I think he's. I think both Ajari and Kent have done fine. You know, I guess part of it is that sometimes the fans only really remember, or some fans only really remember great performances. Um, And, you know, a constant, consistent 7 out of 10 maybe just doesn't quite do it for them. Um, But that's where I think they've been. I don't think they've played poorly in any match, really, at all. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong, maybe some others, maybe people disagree on that, but I think it's always been a kind of 6 or 7 out of 10 from them. Um, And hopefully we're just waiting on them you know, they've got more to come because they'll, they'll just start them, so.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't been angry at any other displays I mean, want more sure but no I haven't at any point thought get him off he's terrible there's been matches where I've said you know, should maybe take a on, and get a more defensive player get extra legs or whatever but no I've never been screaming at the manager to get that idea off kind of thing um, it hasn't happened with these two the only
1: time sorry the only time I can think about it was Maribor away um, for about five minutes you know, Jerry gave the ball away one time and then he got beat uh, wide one time for, uh, for them to create a chance and you kind of thought, oh, okay, his legs look a bit gone and we did make the oh, sub. Oh, did, he subbed, yeah, yeah, Ross McCrory, come on. He got subbed about two minutes after all that, so it was recognised. Um, so, yeah, as you say, there's never been a game where you've watched four or five minutes and thought, how the hell are they still on the pitch or anything like that? Um, which, you know, for, for guys just starting out in a Rangers career is pretty good going. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um and like I say, I, I left the stadium quite happy with that result. I do think we'll have enough about us. I do think we'll score over there, Alex, and I do think if we do, they're not scoring three against us.
1: No, they're not. No. Um they don't they don't have that about them at all. They are very physical, strong, couple of decent players the two that they kinda used up front. I use that loosely for the way they played last night. Yeah. Um uh, the boy that they call Sly And I think the other one The number 19 The boy who resurrected himself from the dead In the last minute mm. um, they, they, They've they certainly got some ability But they're not Hugely threatening Certainly not in the evidence of last night So As I said They hadn't lost any of the other games They could always play for a draw In their other matches um, The one that they won Was against Progress at home When they won that 2-1 So The They've got a bit of a slightly different challenge this time. Let's see how they approach it. There's every chance they do exactly the same for 70 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I keep it at 0-0 and then try and sneak something towards the end. Yep. Um they'll be, They will be would take penalties if you offered them it right now. Oh, so, like, uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I, th- I see a lot of, believe it or not, I was sitting last night and I used the phrase, Walton you Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I've I definitely seen uh, elements of that in their game. So I, I think it, it kind of behoves us to get on the front foot you know different to what we did in Maribor for example not yeah. all, all guns blazing but to to go into this and say right lads you know attack them see what they've yeah. got um, here see what the, if their fans push them on because I do think that there will be an element of, of that but uh, before we come to that match we have uh, an important league match on Sunday morning well Sunday afternoon 12.15 kickoff off uh, for Park Rangers taking on Motherwell um, the build up has been uh, I suppose dominated would be the tabloid term by comments by the Motherwell captain Peter Hartley who somehow managed to become the most dislikable Hartley in Scottish football, which is no small achievement, with uh, his comments uh, as regards to Motherwell's uh, well-known physicality. Um, He was uh, uh, speaking about the incident last season when um, Bowman broke Fabio Cardoso's nose with an elbow, which a few of us, uh, me included, thought was deliberate. Um, he said, uh, yes, it was fun to watch the boy weeping after that happened, and immediately there was uh, a lot of criticism at this comment. Uh, the, compl- the new compliance officer has let it be known that she will look into this comment, not really sure about which looking needs done, and uh, it, almost immediately he issued an apology. Uh, quite clearly, the club, I think, had told him to. Um, look... I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I've made jokes in the past about, you know, that guy's wearing a bandage, maybe, you know, give him a dunt and test it. But I do think there is a difference between doing that and then, you know, making a joke about something like that as a fan and then revelling as a professional in another player's injury, which you know was caused deliberately by one of your players and then saying that you actually took, took pleasure in watching a guy lying there having had his nose broke after an assault... I don't think that's particularly decent behaviour in any walk of life, you know, to to walk past someone who's lying injured after having fallen and to walk by and go, oh, that's brilliant, look at you, yeah, you're sore after you broke your leg, you cunt. I think that there are levels of decency that you expect from professional footballers and also from your club captain who's out representing you. And to be fair to Motherwell, they clearly did as well and felt he'd fell short of it.
1: Yes, now, people seem to have forgotten about this, but Peter Hartley is the man who said last season, if Alfredo Morelos wants a square go after the match, I'm up for it, uh, before the semi-final. That seems to have been kind of missed in all of this, this isn't his first time, uh, making kind of strange comments along those lines. So, he's obviously, got, he's obviously just one of those guys who thinks football is about that, you know, the physical side of things, he revels in all that sort of stuff. And as you say, we've all made kind of jokes at times and, and such like, but uh, that one, you know, we're not, we, we get to do that as fans, we are not the ones sitting behind the camera making those sort of comments and representing the whole club. So it was stupidity. I quite like the way Stephen Gerrard dealt with it today. Um, I know some fans are maybe a little bit frustrated by it, but what was your take on that, dude?
0: Well, for those who maybe haven't seen the press conference yet, Steven Gerrard said uh, we accept his apology and we move on. We accept that there's physicality in the game, but we need the referee to be aware of it and protect, it, um, protect players and not allow it to overstep the mark. which I thought was absolutely correct. I guarantee you he'll be using it as a motivating force for his players. Um, he also said you know, we knew we had to get the physicality re- levels at Rangers stepped up because we saw last season... Even from the outside looking in, we saw that teams could get joy against Rangers by by being overly physical. Um, I thought he handled it quite correctly, put it back onto the referee. He he played it down a little. Uh, To me, Alex, Mother will clearly revel in this reputation, well-deserved reputation they have as, as animals. And this is not just Rangers fans, incidentally. You speak to Celtic, Hearts, Hibs, other team fans. They will tell you that... In a way that I genuinely don't even think Aberdeen, for example, are violent. I think that they are aggressive and I think that they are um, you know, capable of wind-ups and things like that. But I don't think, with the exception of Stevie May on Ryan Jack, which was clearly a personal thing, I don't think the Aberdeen players necessarily go out of their way to try and do the opposition. I do think Motherwell players do. I think they revel in that wimbledon style crazy gang we might not be good at football but we can give you a compensatory kicking to make up for it and anyone who complains about it is a snowflake kind of thing it's very regressive it's very reductive it's very 1970s and like i say it clearly comes from the manager and i think that they do take a, an element of pride in it um which not for me, not the kind of football I like. I, I like teams that want to play football. I like a team that can battle, absolutely. I like a team that that have balls and will go out there and, and, you know, will go toe to toe. But there is a difference, I think, between wanting to play on the edge of physicality and make sure you're strong and turn games into a battle and wanting to see opposition players leave the park on a stretcher.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... I'm of that opinion as well. Actually, but when it comes to Motherwell, I've said that a couple of times last season. They, they cross the line between physical and dirty. It's just uh, they, they do they cross that line, and they don't seem to have any any sort of uh, you know, you know sympathy or, or, or anything for anyone else in that respect. It's just this is how we're going to do it, and you're going to have to deal with it. It's why I got so frustrated after the semi final last season when a lot of the complaints were or we let ourselves get bullied. That wasn't bullied in the physical sense of football. That was assault at times in yeah. that game. Certainly what to Cardoso was, and there was other moments of it as well. Um, the, the reason I shared, David, about Gerald's reaction was because I feel as though if Graham Murphy says those exact same words, it's not taken in the same way. Uh, and the reason for that is the whole action speaking louder than words thing. Stephen Gerald gets to say that because he has built a team you have confidence in that are going to be able to handle a physical approach, um, and he's been quite open about that and, and said that you know that this was one of the things he had to sort. Whereas I agree, Marty was keeping Bruno Alves, one of the few players that we had last season that could handle that on the bench to play Russell Martin. Mm. So you know. I found that just a lot of fans out there were like screw for giving them let's go and do them and all that we can't fold that nonsense even if we wanted to right like a stretched thin squad as it is we don't need any more red cards frankly um, and uh, you know that's not the way you go about it I just thought that his answer was really good and really smart as well as you said because he very quickly turned that into well you know for every team the referee used to be in top of these things and you know made it sound as though it wasn't that big a deal with Motherwell but you know, reading between the lines, he's really saying this lot are at it, and you know, you should be kept an eye on.
0: Yeah, and and they are, and like I say, they take pride in it, they revel in it. Clearly, it's something that is obviously, if obviously sp- uh, spoken about uh, in the 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 Motherwell dressing room, is something that they they want to do. I think that there is that. I think it comes from the manager, and I think it it comes down to well, we're not that good at football, but. You know, if if we get the other team riled up and fearful and a couple carried off, then we can take advantage of that. And look, Rangers do need to be strong enough to cope with that. I, I don't doubt that for a second. Um, as I say, I loved the, the, the team of the late 80s and the 90s that if you wanted to play football, we would beat you at football. If you wanted a right scrap, they would win that scrap and then they would beat you at football. And that's what Rangers need to be able to do. But as you say, there is a line between we are going to give you a right physical game and we are going to cheat by trying to injure your players. And that to me is is not a line that I like any football team to cross. Um, we romanticise Wimbledon now, uh, these days, as a sort of plucky upstart team. I was about when Wimbledon were, were doing what they did. They were fucking hated. Everyone hated them. Um, they were terrible to watch. Uh, they they were terrible to play against um, they injured really good players and took them out of football for a while so this idea that it's somehow something to to be proud of or to aspire to I just don't buy in the slightest at all it's, it's just I think it's cowardly because anyone can do that I could do that I'm you know not a tough guy but I can go into a park and chuck an elbow at somebody safe in the knowledge that the worst thing that will happen to me is potentially a red card and that you know, as soon as I've chucked that elbow or stamped on the guy's knee, that the referee is going to stop anyone, you know, assaulting me or um, dishing out retribution to me. I think it's cowardly.
1: Yes, as a former cowardice, I've said that a for a long time about football that way. And um, you can do something like that and have twenty people between you yep. and the person that's going to absolutely lay you for it. Yep. Uh, and you know, as a former cowardice when you do it that way. Um, whereas, you know, the kind of more manly approach is just to be a bit more physical and prove to the other guy, I'm bigger and stronger and better than you. Um, that's how, you know, that's how it should be. But you know, I guess it's a British football thing, isn't it? It's a, you know, it was that way for a long time. Wimbledon was sort of the end of it, I think. Um, they yeah. took it to extremes at a time and everyone else was starting to kinda of scale that back um, because the game was changing. Uh, and it didn't last like... for
0: them That's the thing It didn't last for them it no, worked. it didn't no. It worked temporarily And then football moved past it um, Yeah And I think if you look at For instance A club like Motherwell Where Basically, they've taken this and they're going to push it as far as they can. And a club like Kilmarnock, who brought in a football coach to coach them at football, to be better at football. And Kilmarnock were physical in terms of they had Malumbu and Boyd and whatnot. But they weren't going to kick you off the park. They were going to try and beat you with, with at, at football after matching it physically. There is a difference and there, there's one that's admirable. And there's one that's thuggish um, And I think that theirs comes into yeah. to the latter category So we're going there now The manager has said No fresh injury worries Lasana Koulibaly of Heart and Hand fame Will struggle to make it Which is unfortunate But I think we would all agree That if he could make it back for Ufa and Parkhead That would probably be more valuable to us uh, Kyle Lafferty back And Lee Wallace on the bench last night um, The manager spoke about adding his option Now his dispute with the club is not over It hasn't been settled but clearly something has changed because if you go back right to the start of the season in Spain, the manager said that before Lee Wallace could be considered with the club, he had to sort out his his uh, dispute with the club. And it was it was well known that he was offered as a make in the Kyle Lafferty deal. Now, I don't know whether it was he didn't want to go or Hearts didn't want to take him. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure. I, I suspect it's the former rather than the latter. But he definitely does seem to be back in Back
1: in contention. Um, yes, he does. I have there's a slightly cynical part of me wonders if we as a club are treating them in the best way that we can because of the dispute, not because he's wanted to play. I, I could be wrong there, but uh, so that's a cynic in me. Uh, you know, going by the comments that Gerard has made from the start, he has suggested that you know, a fully fit and, and motivated Lee Wallace would be an asset to the squad, and he would be. Um, so, you know, taking out face value, we've brought him back in, try to get him a feel for everything again. He's been training for a bit now. Uh, Gerald said today he's miles away from playing, so I wouldn't expect to see him start anytime soon. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he would be an asset to the squad if we can keep him and get him back in there. As we've spoken about before, David, we don't want any ending over Lee Wallace's Rangers trying to be acrimonious if we can help it. No. Nope. Because he he, he he kinda deserves a bit more than that. And, you know, I'd certainly always kinda have a soft spot for him even with everything that's happened recently. But um but yeah, there's just a slightly cynical part of me wonders if we're um, almost backing him into a corner by saying, Well look, you know, we've we'll put you back in the squad, we're not freezing you out here, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so that, you know, there's no kind of comeback on anything. For regards to how we treating them as an employee or something, that is, I think I'm probably wrong there, but it's just a, you know that 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 thought occurred.
0: Well, I mean, also we're paying them a five-figure salary per week. You know, you might as well use them. Yes, yes. That, 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 that's just be. sheer basic practicalities. That you know, at the end of the day, if, if that's a money that's going at the club, you might as well get something back for it. Um, some news from the Rangers F. C-S-L-O Which of course is, is Greg Marshall And uh, he says information for people travelling uh, To the game on Sunday um, Flags, Motherwell uh, Moan a lot about their, uh, their displays Over the advertising So watch out the stewards If you place them over advert Stewards might try to take them There are scanners now in place at Motherwell Which sounds very space age But it, it does hold you up entering the ground So try and arrive early Which is difficult for a twelve fifteen kickoff It's the same stewarding set up as the last time. There is free parking in the Civic Centre and smoking areas available at halftime. But probably the key thing is there are disruption to the train's services on Sunday. So if you are going by train, please leave extra time for your journey. Uh, Again, not easy with a 12.15 kick-off, but please be aware that uh, that might be an issue. Alex, how do you think we will get on this Sunday?
1: Uh, 2-0 win in a kind of tight match Uh, Motherwell to come out you know first 20-25 minutes put us under it a bit we'll ride that out um, and kind of you know come through it there don't suspect there'll be too many changes I can see two or three at most to the team so there might be a bit you know we might be a bit leggy at times but I think ultimately Motherwell have made a strange start to the season they've been uh, you know, they, they get beat quite heavily by Hibs. They lost at home at Hamilton, which to be honest is a really poor result. Um and then got a one 0 win away to Livingston in the cup there. They've not been in the best of form. I've just got a feeling they need it. they really need it and they'll come out and look for the points, but uh, I think they will just yeah, manage to, to scrape through almost with a two 0 win. Not 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 something pretty but, you know, effective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I echo that. I'm going to go for 2-1. Um, I think they will chuck everything at as They'll play it as if their lives depended on it, but I think we'll just have a wee bit too much for them. I expect Big laugh to start, but apart from that, there's not really an awful lot of scope for changes. I might see Ross McCrory come in to the midfield. Well, don't
1: forget McCrory suspended. Then you won't um, see
0: Ross McCrory come back into the side. No, Barisic is the only
1: other change I Barisic, can see. yeah. Barisic will come back in and I think yeah, Kyle kind of Funny at feeling, yeah. Barisic in at left-back and, it left back and And Lafferty, one of the wide areas, is is, is the two changes I kind of expect. The only other one really would be uh, in midfield, where we might bring Halliday back in. Yeah, could Uh, could 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 well happen. Just 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 for legs, but I I don't know. (laughs) Um, That one's a bit longer longer shot for me, but uh, I I do suspect Lafferty will get a start. I really do.
0: Yeah, me too. Big week, Alex. I mean, we've got ten million reasons for needing to, to, to get through on Thursday night and then obviously a trip to Parkhead which is a massive chance for us to lay down a serious marker um, in terms of performance um, going to need some careful squad rotation
1: Yeah, we're, we're a little bit stretched, uh, which is strange given the amount of midfielders we, we were talking about having at the start of the season, isn't it? But uh, just the the injury to Koulibaly and obviously McCrory's suspension I don't know if that's one game or two, I'm not too sure, but it just leaves things just that little bit stretch in terms of the squad. Uh, Jamie Murphy's injury has really hit the wide areas quite hard. Um, So that, that leaves... I mean, Middleton impressed when he came on last night, but you don't think he's quite ready to start a big game yet, so that leaves kind of one less option for rotation there. Yeah, we're asking a lot of players at the moment Um, this international break is coming up for the players who haven't been picked you'd be as well just letting them go and rest for a week uh, because they're going to need it I think Um, by the time that game comes up that'll be 13 matches um, once we have finished this little run yeah, in a, a very
0: short space of time yeah the international break probably not coming at the worst time for us in all honesty okay folks uh, thank you very much for joining us today uh, if you enjoy this and you want to hear more from us apart from the two free weekly ones please come to our Patreon site it's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand where you'll get uh, usually four, but uh, up to six shows per day on all things Rangers. Yes, for just one ninety nine per month, practically giving this stuff away. Um, thank you to my guest today, the wonderful Mr. Alex Staff.
1: Thank you, David. It's always a pleasure. Thanks
0: to our producers in London, Mr. Mightley and Mr. Paul Myers. Um, Check out our new website. It's at heartandhand.co.uk and you can get in touch with me. It's david at heartandhand.co.uk. Nice and simple. So we will be back on Monday with a full breakdown of the Motherwell match. Until then, have a great weekend and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Podcast Network.